and welcome into ATLK, a special UFC edition here. Um, thought I would get some thoughts out before the fights start. Have a little bit on the ATLK that hasn't come out quite yet. Um, but this is a totally MMA-centered podcast, you know, because we're on the last fight of the year, UFC 269, Oliveira Poirier for the lightweight gold. To you know, finish out the year a great year for the UFC, fantastic. You know, we got we saw fans come back into the arenas full on, and it was you know, special events here. You know, went to Abu Dhabi, different parts of the country again. You know, it was, I think, a great year for the sport, a great, you know, growing fan base. People, you know, keep getting excited about the UFC, and that's for good reason, and so. Before we get into the you know year recap, basically talk about the sport, how it's gone, you know the big events, you know champions changing around here and there. You know I thought I'd do a quick little preview here. So Oliver and Poirier, it all comes down to the lightweight title, which is highly regarded as maybe the best title in the sport, best label, one of the best you know weight classes you have in the you know entire sport. <clears throat> Dustin Poirier coming off a big year of his own that I'll get into later with him defeating Conor McGregor twice, both by TKO, one by, you know, Dr. Stoppage, but still enough probably to get a TKO. Well, he would have beat him. Uh, Charles Oliveira, you know, he had a dominant performance, you know, of Tony Ferguson. Then he, uh, you know, managed to go and fight for the lightweight belt once Khabib had it vacated. And he beat Michael Chandler by knockout after being, you know, looking wildly in danger to Michael Chandler. He fought his way back through adversity like he has so many times in his career. Really a testament to his character and how he is as a competitor. Continues his long fight streak as well. He has like on an eight fight win streak right now after, you know, nearly getting cut from the sport and, you know, here he is, a very well-earned champion, well-deserved. And basically, I think Oliver has the submission advantage. And that's not to diminish Dustin, but, I mean, he's a jiu-jitsu Brazil guy, you know. It's kind of how he's been rolling. But don't underestimate his striking. He's a very good striker. I don't – thing is, I don't think he lo- – matches up as well with Dustin in that category because that's how Dustin makes his money is off the you know stand-up game. But he's no slouch on the ground either. So I think this will be a fascinating fight. I think this will be a very, you know, whoever wins will win and it will be no dispute who the champ is. Both guys are great competitors. But I like Dustin's advantage. His, I'd say his mass. I think he has a better weight distribution, I think, That'll just kind of overwhelm Oliveira if he tries to take it to the ground. So, therefore, I think it stays on the feet a lot. And that's where Dustin has his advantages. So, I have Dustin winning by TKO at some point. I don't know when exactly. If I had to guess, maybe second round, third round. But it'll be interesting to see how Oliveira approaches this, how his game plan is. So, next, we have the women's bantamweight, which is... Juliana Pena challenging the GOAT, Amanda Nunez, the women's GOAT. You know, it's kind of hard to debate that one. She's <laughs> she's an absolute monster. She's run the sport now. 
on the winning side for like a couple years now, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. She's a 900 favorite, minus 900, and that is an unreal number that doesn't get thrown around a lot, especially in a championship fight, but I don't think that'll change. Amanda Nunez should win that. Then we got Jeff Neal fighting off against, it's like Santiago um, Prohibison? I can't pronounce. I'm not fantastic with pronouncing names, fun fact. So, but I have Santiago winning this. I think he does get it done here. I This was supposed to be Masvidal and Edwards. It's a shame we don't get that fight, but I think this fight will be just not as good, but there will be some fireworks here. Then you have Kakai France against Cody Garbrandt, who's going down from bantamweight to flyweight. Interesting little change for him. And I see him getting the win because of that you know, difference there. I think he was a champ, he was a champ at bantamweight. He goes down a weight class, and I think he has a striking advantage that should propel him in winning. Then Sugar Sean O'Malley fights finally a ranked guy for the first time. And I'm going to take Sean O'Malley. I mean... I don't think there's much to be said here. He's one of the biggest superstars in the bantamweight division of stack division. He's not even ranked. And I think he finally breaks through here. I think that he gets the win here and shows why he's the sugar show for a reason. You know, people have these hype, have this hype for a reason. And I think he's one of those guys that has it for a reason. He's an awesome striker. Sean O'Malley gets the win here. So that'll do it for the main card. A couple other fights here and there. You have Dominique Cruz fighting, which will be really awesome to see possibly the bantamweight goat. If he can fight his way back to championship contention. It'll be interesting to see if he can do that against Pedro Munez. Uh, tied to Avasi that made his name by drinking beer out of a lot of shoes the last time he beat up Greg Hardy. That was awesome scene. On the same Poirier card, too. So is Sugar Sean. You know, it all kind of lined up here. There's a lot of familiar characters from that card. So, And so without further ado, let's get into the rest of the year. I'd like to I like to do this, you know. It's it's fun to look back on certain sports and like look at the year, look at how you know how it unfolded for certain sports. Like, you know, football is very different from how it was earlier in the year you had. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes go crazy. And I mean, I guess that's not so different, but some sports, you know, evolve during the year. And uh, UFC is one of those sports. And you get guys that, mul- you know, fight multiple times through the year. And we had a couple of those guys this year that had great performances and proved why they were the champs. So starting off in January, you know, we had a couple fights. Um, Holloway Qatar was our first fight of the year where Max Holloway put on a striking clinic. It was unreal. He broke, I think, multiple UFC records in that win. It was an absolute bloodbath. I, <laughs> Max Holloway just has a, a knack for making fights really super interesting. And he did that. He, <laughs> he did just that and put on an absolute show. So, uh, going to the the big first official UFC card, we have, you know, our guy fighting tonight, Dustin Poirier. 
he fought Conor McGregor for their second time since their, you know, since Conor McGregor did quick work of him five years ago, six years ago, seven. Dustin Poirier comes back and knocks him out in Abu Dhabi. That was a big performance from Dustin. And, you know, many thought that he was going to go go for that title after that fight. You know, he, he was the number one ranked contender at that point. And he could have fought Oliveira for the title at that point. But he decided, very interestingly, to forego that chance and go after McGregor for the trilogy, which clearly was the... It, and, you know, people can say it was a dumb move that he should have just gone for the title from a competitor standpoint, but it makes a lot of sense. He went for that fight, the trilogy fight, for a money standpoint. He went after McGregor based on the merits of who Conor McGregor is. He he owns, I think, eight out of the top ten records for pay-per-view sales, and there's a reason for that. Conor McGregor's the biggest superstar the UFC's had and still has. So Poirier, you know, forego the championship fight after this big knockout on McGregor to go fight him again. And, you know, you can't fault him for that. He got paid and he won that fight as well. And now here he is tonight for a chance at UFC gold. He just had to wait another couple months for it. So really, really awesome to see him, you know, perform that way. Um, Beat McGregor. You know, and let's be honest, this is kind of the end of the beginning of the end for McGregor. I mean, yeah, he beat Cowboy, but Cowboys, let's be honest, Donald Cerrone, love Cowboy, but he's he's over the hill. So he uh, he got disposed of quickly and McGregor, you know, everyone thinks he's back. This could be the chance for him to go up to the title. That did not happen, folks. Dustin Poirier, you know, put water on that little fire. And stomped him out, and I'm thankful for that because I am not a Connor fan. I'm very glad that didn't happen. And a, you know, another performance from that fight was Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler made his UFC debut and absolutely blitzed Dan Hooker and beat Dan Hooker. Very sad because Dan Hooker's a fan favorite. I love Dan Hooker, but Michael Chandler put a beating on him. It was really, really unfortunate that it happened that way, but. You know, he made a name for himself, and it's probably bought himself a couple more fights in the UFC. You know, he's had already two, including, you know, after that big win, he, after that big win, Michael Chandler has gone on to lose his next two fights, but against very, very valid opponents and Oliveira and Justin Gagey, who's probably in line next. So, UFC 257, Looking back on it now, it had a lot of implications there for the UFC lightweight division, you know. A lot of big names here, you know, big three of Poirier, McGregor, and Michael Chandler. All those three were right in the thick of it for the lightweight title until Oliveira beat Chandler for it. And, you know, it's kind of a cool little the year comes full circle kind of moment. You know, you see all these guys on this list for that fight, and here they are now, so... Uh, moving on, uh, nothing too crazy happened. We had one fight night, Overeem and Volkov. You know, big heavyweight clash of mid-tier heavyweights. Alistair Overeem, an absolute monster of a man. I Super athletic. He's been in MMA for like 30 years. And that's insane. That's insane. He has like 60 fights logged. It's Alistair Overeem is a 
insane human being, but he took the loss here, sadly ending his UFC career without ever capturing gold. But never forget the legends like that. So, moving on to the next big fight card, we have UFC 258. Now, it's Usman Burns, which, let's be honest, that's not a... That's not really a thrilling fight card. Burns was just kind of the next guy up. Usman was, you know, looking for a fight. You know, someone had to step up, and Burns did, former training partner, and Usman, you know, it was weird because it looked like Burns was doing good work early. He had a chance at Usman a couple times, but uh, he's not really a serious contender for the title right now, and that showed showed pretty clearly there. And, you know, after that, we had a couple heavyweights. It was <laughs> heavyweights are always fun to watch. You know, we had Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis had a comeback win, a comeback knockout of Curtis Blades from an uppercut. It absolutely stunned him because he was, you know, Derek Lewis, for all intents and purposes, was losing that fight in every way he could. But the, you know, magic about Derek Lewis is. In an instance, he can hit you with one blow, and it's just a, an over. And that happened. Derek Lewis won that fight. Next week, you had Rosenstruck and Gone, Cyril Gone, the interim heavyweight title. You know, interim heavyweight. You know, right now the champ kind of got his start, I would say, for his hype train on this night after beating Rosenstruck. You know. There were talks, you know, he's beat up a couple guys. He was undefeated at this point. But being Rosenstruck, I don't want to say it, like, propelled him to a title, but it put his name up there in the upper echelon of the heavyweights, for sure. And after that, we had UFC 259 with Israel Adesanya and um, Jan Blahojevich. I... I'll never be able to say his name. I never will. Um, we had three title fights on this, actually. So we had Israel fighting up at light heavyweight. You know, that, he was going for double champ there. Israel Adesanya is a real big name. He likes to, you know, he decided to go with the risk there. Um, Amanda Nunez, who I'm talking about, fought on this. And we had the Bantamweight title, which I've talked about before, with Piotr Jan and um, Aljamain Sterling. So, this fight card was interesting because some of the names you have on it. You know, Donnie Cruz, who I was talking about, possible GOAT, he fought and beat Casey Kenny via decision. You had Islam Makhachev, who is a probably lightweight title contender. Um, then Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yon. So, Peter Yon was blowing out Aljamain Sterling. Sterling wasn't, you know, folding. Then Sterling was on a knee, and Jan, um, you know, you can't hit a guy on his knee, and Jan did that with a knee. Um, and it's a shame, too, because Jan was, it was it was so one-sided. And he illegally kneed him, and they called the fight. Aljamain Sterling gets the win. And the title for Bantamweight, putting a ginormous asterisk on that title win, you know. 
no one really respects it. I mean, whether he wants to admit it or not, no one really does because he was getting blown out in that fight. Like <laughs> straight up, he was. No one, no one's going to really acknowledge him as the champ except for him and his friends and family, and that sucks for him. But if you accept the title and you hold the title and you, you know, don't vacate it or anything like he hasn't now, um, you're going to get labels of being a chicken and a clown and an actor. And he's gotten this because he's not the superior fighter of Piotr Jan. In my honest opinion, he's not. So, but that's the fight game. You know, you choose to be in it and he's chosen to, to be in it. So then Amanda Nunez. Like I said, she's the GOAT, so she did light work of her opponent, Megan Anderson. Then Jan and Israel. So I I was fairly interested in this fight. You know, you never know which way it could go. And especially with guys who are moving up divisions or moving down divisions. But this fight was boring. It was. It was a straight-up boring fight. And it sucks because it's a champ. It's a champ versus champ. You know, those are supposed to be big money fights, really big, exciting fights. And that's just not what we got. That fight was very slow paced because Jan is a very, you know, he's a big guy. So he's not like, he's not going to move at the same, the same speed as Adesanya, but, you know, and Adesanya got his, you know, his hits in, but it never was really anything threatening. And he got to the point where Jan just took Israel to the ground, and Adesanya had no answer because he was—he's so much leaner, so much smaller, and he's built on kickboxing, not the ground game wrestling or anything. So Jan retains the light heavyweight title fairly easily. Israel takes his first loss, I think, first loss in the UFC, which is—I'd say pretty big for him. But you know how it is, so. Then, you know, skipping forward a couple fight nights, it's not nothing, anything like big that really, you know, impacted anyone. Uh, UFC 260, big fight. It's the heavyweight fight, the title for baddest man on the planet. I. You have Stipe Miocic, likely the heavyweight goat, you know. Stipe Miocic is a, a absolute technical heavyweight. He can do it all. He's super well-rounded, great fighter. He takes on Francis Ngannou, and this is their second fight here. You know, this was interesting because Miocic, you know, put Ngannou in his place. He wasn't ready for that fight back then. Um, but Ngannou worked his butt off, worked his way back through the ranks. They managed to get the rematch with Miocic after Miocic defended his belt a couple times. And let's just say the the this just wasn't even close. It really wasn't a close fight. I mean, you know, you could say Miocic was kind of just, he was figuring out his spots here and there. But I, there's something there's something about him where it didn't look like he was really confident. He didn't have that killer instinct desire that Francis did. Francis was just like the bigger, batter mf'er in that ring in that octagon. You know, he he didn't hold back at all. He and he got to you know I think it was a thing where he wasn't rushing in as bad as Miocic thought he was going to. 
And he still did. You know, he had his monster power, you know, power shots. Um, you know, but he really, he did hold back. I don't think that he emptied the gas tank as he did in their previous fight. I think, I don't know if that caught off, caught Stipe off guard. I don't know if he was game planning for that or what, but Francis just hits him with a mean counter. Absolutely folds him like a lawn chair, and it's just night-night for Stipe, and that's that's how that fight goes. You know, he takes over the heavyweight title, and we'll get into the little heavyweight rift in a little bit, but he you know, earns his first title and becomes the undisputed champ. And a little side note of that card, Sean O'Malley, who I mentioned earlier, fought and knocked out Thomas Almeida in an absolute awesome knockout. It was unbelievable that he did it. So that takes us to our very next fight card, you know, big fight card. UFC 261, Usman Masvidal 2. Now, the history behind this one was Usman and Masvidal fought last summer or earlier in December, I believe. They fought on Abu Dhabi. Uh, Masvidal took the fight on short notice and to step in and fight Usman for the title. And Usman controlled that fight on the cage and didn't really let Masvidal do anything. He didn't have a full fight camp to train for it, Masvidal. And so he wanted to turn around quickly and ink this one so that way he had a full fight camp and he knew what he was getting into. And he got his wish. So with 261 here, three title fights again. We had that. We had two women fights, uh, Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade. Um Thug Rose, who I've mentioned before, against uh, Zhang Weili. And, you know, these two have fought. Also, these two fought at the end of the year. We'll get into that later, and I made predictions on that one. Um, this was the absolute... This was an absolutely stunning match. Uh, so, backing up, Shevchenko dominates Andrade. Absolutely bodies her, body bags her. Real shame for her, you know. <laughs> Anyone fighting against Valentina Shevchenko should know that she's she's right up there with Amanda for the baddest woman on the planet. So then Thug Rose gets the upset on Zhang Wei Li. You know, <laughs> she just I don't know. There was some discussion because you know Wei Li didn't think that she was knocked out, like she wasn't done. But Thug Rose delivered an an unbelievable head kick that knocked her flat on her back. And, you know, that was all she wrote. You know, Thug Rose earned her title and she's worked for it and she earned that one for sure. So, and then, you know, Usman Masvidal, the main event. And (laughs) I'd say this is like a step up from the Burns fight where Usman wasn't blowing him out of the water. Like Masvidal had his spots where he made Usman look a little silly, and he didn't look like the champ. But Masvidal likes to get cute, put his hands down, you know, taunt a little bit, and that just didn't fly. That just didn't work. That should not have worked, and it didn't. So Usman came at him, probably had knockout of the year, if I had to guess, you know, or one of the contenders for knockout of the year. It was absolutely... uh, Really tough scene. <laughs> that's that's the best way I can put it. 
Masvidal got silenced. He lost basically a chance at a trilogy. Didn't win the welterweight title, and Usman holds on to it again. And then moving on to the next fight, which I, I've talked at length about, so I'm kind of running through it. Oliver and Michael Chandler, UFC 262. And, you know, Oliveira, like I said, looked dead in the water. And he survives the first round. But he manages to get back up, goes to round two, and knocks out Michael Chandler for an absolute stunning win. I think could, if, I mean, I won't say it was fight of the year, but I think it was a big performance for Oliveira, a big career you know, changer. I think that shifts a lot of outlooks on him as his for his legacy. Now he might not be discussed as one of the goats or anything as of right now or anything, but it kind of took him from a joke to a big time champion. Now you know, especially if he wins, you know, wins tonight. Who knows? And that moves us on. Oh, and another little sidebar on that. That fight card, uh, we had Benil Darush and Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson gets absolutely wrestled to oblivion by Darush, who's currently the number three contender in the lightweight division. Really, really tough scenes for fan favorite and Tony Ferguson. Um, I'm not, it's not the end of him, but it might be the end of him contending anytime soon. So, very, very tough, you know. You never want to see a fan favorite go out like that, and he he went out kind he went out kind of sad. I'm not gonna to lie to you. And so that'll move us on, move us on to our next fight, and um, I'm gonna mention it because obviously it's a big fight card, but I'll be honest, it's not like a I don't think this was a landscape changer like a lot of some of these other cards are. Um, Adesanya makes his you know return to middleweight middleweight uh, title fights against Marvin Vittori, who was the challenger, just kind of by default. Um, some other guys weren't ready, so he you know stepped up to be the contender or the challenger, and it wasn't close. It was unanimous, fifty forty five across the board. He lost every single round. Adesanya did quick work of him. Kind of was taunting him throughout the fight. It was it was kind of an ugly main event, you know. And that's kind of a theme for some Adesanya fights is he kind of just keeps them at length and, you know, knocks them around and does enough to win fights. And, I mean, that's just the reality of the fight for, you know, Israel Adesanya sometimes. Sometimes for a champ like that, some guys are just dominant, and he was dominant. Um, but the big fight, of that one was Brandon Moreno and Deverson Figueroa. I've mentioned this one before. Um, this might be around the time when I started talking about these fights. This was their second fight, and previous, like end of last year's, when Moreno and Figueroa fought before, and Figueroa won, kind of by decision in an awesome, you know, knockdown dragout fight. But. Moreno changes the you know narrative this time, defeats the champ, earns his first title, and you know they're running it back here next month. Going to be really excited to see that how that trilogy ends. Um, but yeah, Moreno gets the win here by his rear naked choke, and 
you know, that was an awesome story because Brandon Moreno was famously cut from the UFC. He was not, he was in the UFC, got cut from it, managed to fight his way back into it, rose his way to the top, and is now a champion. And then you had Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz, fan favorite Nate Diaz. You know, he lost the fight. But Diaz kind of wins the fight by <laughs> making Leon Edwards look silly. Because Leon Edwards, you know, wins most of that fight. But with Diaz picking up a late round, you know, stunning of Edwards and making him swallow a little bit, pointing at him, creating an awesome picture, Diaz kind of wins that fight. <laughs> he wins that fight from the public. And, you know, you don't win a lot of fights from the public, but for that one, he definitely did. So, moving on, we have the trilogy of the year, probably, and Poirier and McGregor 3. And I mentioned it earlier, so I'll run through that main event. Uh, McGregor and Poirier, you know, exchange blows. Um, Dustin gets on top and really starts, you know, ground and pound Connor. Eventually, they get up. Ten seconds left. They throw a punch at each other. They, you know, when they both step back. Connor's leg does an L shape and knocks him out of the fight. And he's on the ground talking his trash, selling another fight, trying to do a promo, essentially all yada, yada, yada. Dustin Poirier wins this fight and was winning it quite easily. So I don't think there's any debate there. But Dustin, you know, finishes off this trilogy. If they make another fourth fight, that'd be stupid unless Connor really works for it. And I don't know if he really can, but we'll see. So Sean O'Malley, another footnote, was in this fight defeating a UFC debut from Chris Martino, who stepped in last minute and was an absolute zombie throughout this fight, but... Gotta give props to the kid for hanging it out tough. Um, you know, it's not hard to take the hits that he did and still go through it, but sure enough, he did. So move, moving on to the next fight, I told you I kind of did a little previews about it, but UFC 265 featured a interim heavyweight fight. Now, um, some big questionable decisions on how this fight was kind of brought up and brought into the picture. So Nganu didn't want to fight right away because he had just fought, you know, a couple months before. But Dana wanted this fight. Dana wanted like a heavyweight fight, and for Houston, he, you know, brought wanted Derek Lewis to fight in it because you know he is a Houston boy. But and some so some controversy. Nganu wanted it, or Nganu didn't want it. Dana White did. The fight gets done because that's what Dana White wants. So. Uh, Cyril Gaon kind of does quick work of Derek Lewis. I, I hate that because Derek Lewis is a fun guy. If he would have been the interim champ, that would have been a really fun thing to happen. But it really wasn't close. Cyril Gaon wins this fight and, go, and will be fighting, trying to unify the title for heavyweight in January against Nganu. So that'll be something to look out for. Uh, you know, Jose Aldo, who was a featherweight champ at one point, fighting a bantamweight now he won on this card so that was like the other big part of this card but i wouldn't say that was there's not a whole lot i i won't say it wasn't interesting but there were not a whole lot i think you know riding on that fight 
Yeah, I mean, other than the interim title, it was it was really kind of I'd say a dud of a fight because I mean it was really just so one sided. So you know, but you know, Cyril Gone is now an interim title fight or interim title champ, and we'll take on Ngannou for that you know big heavyweight title. So that'll be interesting to see. And now we're starting to, you know, these are fights now we're starting to get into where I started doing this and talking about these fights. So you'll be recognizing these. And I, I wanted to do part of this overview of the year just kind of to like kind of check out some of these old fights that I might have forgotten throughout the year, you know, because some, there's some really good fights and, you know, you kind of get lost because, you know, they just keep coming every month, every weekend. But this this fight was probably my favorite of the year. This might be my fight of the year. You know, I'll praise this. This will be one of those I remember. I totally hope they do a rematch. It would be an awesome fight again. I'd be really curious to see how it goes. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega for the featherweight title. And Ortega, I've said I said it before, Ortega had multiple moments where he could have won this fight multiple submission attempts and like the judge's scorecard won't tell you this close this fight was close but i think this fight was razor thin close um volkanovsky just had more volume in his big moments i think he just had a bigger bigger you know dominant streak here and there whenever ortega was like getting tired towards the end of the round but i mean these guys went to war i absolutely love this fight probably up there for my fight of the year Volkanovski and Ortega for the featherweight title. And this sets up Volkanovski now to fight Max Holloway probably for a third time for that featherweight title, which would be an awesome fight. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm assuming that'll be, if I had to map out fights, probably the summer maybe of next year or May, May, April. I, I don't know exactly, but that's definitely the fight to make next. And we'll see what happens with that, those two. But yeah, really loved that one. Valentina Shevchenko, I mentioned her earlier. She won in dominant fashion again. Um, like I said, I went over the, we went over this fight before, but Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler wins, you know, fairly easily. I, he just looked like the ready fighter compared to Nick Diaz. But, you know, cool to see a Diaz, especially Nick, come back after a long layoff. Then we had more fight nights. Not the fight nights, honestly, the fight nights were a lot better than the first half of the year than they were towards the end. Um, but I mean, we still got a couple like interesting ones like um Coast Costa and Vittori. You know, Vittori won that. Um Santos and Walker was interesting. San, Tiago Santos won that. You know, uh next big fight card, which I like I said, I did this a couple shows ago, but Jan Blahojevic versus Glover Teixeira for the light heavyweight. Yeah, Sandhagen and Jan for the bantamweight interim title after the whole Aljo, Aljamain Sterling mess. But And then um, Islam Mahakachev versus Dan Hooker was another big one. And Dan Hooker fought a couple, like, like a month before. He fought on that Volkanovski card and won. And turn around a month later to fight Islam, which that was obviously a mistake. He kind of got blown out in this one, but mm, you never fault a guy for trying. 
But yeah, so uh, Bantamweight interim title, Piotr Jan defeats Corey Sandhagen. This was another awesome fight. I, I absolutely loved it, although I, I mean, Jan kind of clearly won it, but I mean, I, lo- I really liked what I saw from Sandhagen. You know, Sandman is a Bantamweight contender for a couple more years now, I think. And I think he kind of showed in this fight. Then Glover Texiero beats Jan to steal the light heavyweight title and from the favorite. But, you know, he's a good guy, and it's one of those, like, he's done his failures in the UFC. He's been at the top trying to get there for title fights, and he's lost, but he's fought his way back. You know, everyone loves a good redemption story, and that's what Glover is. So you absolutely love to see a good guy like that win the title, and that's what happened. Then, very next week, very next week, they did Usman Covington 2. That was a big fight in Madison Square Garden. Awesome environment. Usman, Usman goes to distance with Covington, and, you know, many thought that, you know, if Covington did a couple more things different here, he could have won this fight. But I think he went away from his striking. He tried to do way too much wrestling, and I know that's his background, but he he really tried to take down Usman way more than he should have, especially when he had him rocked. But, you know, that's how it goes. Usman retains the title here. And, as you know, in, in, you know, you could say Dustin Poirier, could, if he wins tonight, he deserves fight of the year. But if anyone was going to give out that title, it, I mean, Usman would probably get that title. Because he, he's defended his belt three times including a very, very tough matchup with Colby Covington at the end of the year. So Usman's probably the fighter of the year, whether you like it or not. And I, I don't like it because I'm not a big Usman fan. And, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You got to kind of tip your hat, especially in a fight like this where he just managed to survive and get big blows in on Covington, and he had no Covington had no answer for it. So. Um, also on this card, you had Justin Gagey and Michael Chandler, who could be fight of the year, where you know Gagey delivered some bombs to Michael Chandler and won that fight, cemented him as probably the next contender for the lightweight title. Um, you had the rematch of Thug Rose and Zong Wei Lee on this fight. And Thug Rose, I feel like she lost, but in a very close fight, they always give it to the champ, and that's what happened here. And so then the next week, though, we had, we had a good fight night. I'll mention like this was a good fight night. Probably I'd give this fight night of the year where it's you know not pay-per-view, obviously, but this is probably like the free fight of the year. Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. I mentioned Max earlier. Him and Yair Rodriguez had a war. They absolutely went at each other. They gave it all. They both went to the hospital afterwards, like, Dana basically <laughs> shut down all the press conferences and put put two ambulances there, had them gone out of the arena. But that was an awesome fight. You love to see it. I think that was that was a really big highlight. So that just about wraps it up. You know, I mean, I like I said, I I wanted to do this just kind of like look back at these fights, and you know, I was going to do it on my own, but I figured. Why not get a microphone, you know, talk it out, you know, talk about some of these great fights that we had during the year. And I mean, there's plenty of them here. Um, like I said, I mean, we have a huge one tonight. Uh, and I'm, like I said, really curious to see how this goes tonight. Cause I think this will, 
this will set up a lot of like our next year's lineup because you kind of you figure out what Amanda Nunez, whoever's going to fight that title, is going to obviously fight in a big card next year. Um, I think the winner of Dustin Charles will obviously fight Justin Gagey likely sometime next year. You'll have let's see, Dominic Cruz will you know move up. He'll have a fight next year if he wins, or Pedro Munez. Sean O'Malley, we got to figure out his contract situation. If he'll keep staying in the UFC, obviously I think he will, but we'll see who he fights next. Another ranked opponent, hopefully. And you know, I think it's a, you know a lot of big a lot of big dominoes can fall with this one. And we'll see. Yeah, Cody Garbrandt and see if his divisional change will like do anything. You know, I think it will be a very very interesting card. I I'm really looking forward to next year. I'm really happy we have this year. It's a really you know fantastic year of fights. I'm like I said, more than grateful for watching the UFC, getting into it. It's really a fantastic time. To get into the sport on the ground level, I mean, the we're probably, I mean, if it's like 10 levels, we're probably level like, level 6. That's how much growth I think the sport can have. So, I'm, I'm really happy, you know, how, how the product's going. Um, like I said, quick real recap of my, like, you know, I guess rewards, I'd say. If I, fighter of the year, reluctantly Usman. Second would be Dustin, especially if he wins tonight. Fight of the year, I'd give it to Ortega and Volkanovski, an absolute war, bloodbath, an exciting, you know, tense fight. So I'm, I think those are you know the two pretty clear cut favorites for me for those categories. But yeah, so that'll do it for a special edition. You could call this the MMA, MMA half an hour, I guess. <laughs> MMA 40 minute, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> a big a big show here. Big little show here before the big big fight. So I'd say make sure to check that out however legal or illegal ways you want to. I'm not going to stop anyone, but yeah, for Lucas Kojavar, I'm signing off. Um, look forward for ATLK. Like I said, it might be a little bit out of date. Uh, scheduling conflicts and all this, but, you know, it'll be out eventually. So thank you again. Make sure to share with your friends. Anything, you know, anything helps. I really appreciate it. Goodbye.